Well, I got to say it again. Happy Mother's Day, uh, you know, because we're recording now, and I have to say happy Mother's Day to my mom. Uh, love you, mom. Thank you. Enjoy your special day. Uh, my mother is great, uh, really a godly example to me, um, helped out in, in youth at her church, and that's where she and my father sort of kindled their relationship, and she helped out. I can remember, um, you know, growing up and her being involved in youth camps and trips and puppets. Remember the puppets? Kind of, we'd scare our kids to death now if we used puppets with them, right? <laughs> Be afraid. But that's what they did with youth, you know, back when I was growing up. Um, but then I saw her develop and just continue to, to um, serve the Lord. Her and my father were worship leaders at, at another church. And even now, just a couple of weeks ago, she took part in planning a women's ministry event with Proverbs 31. And I'm just blown away. I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. So just thank you, Mom, for your godly example. So we are in a series called Proclaim where we're talking about the importance of sharing the gospel. And we were sort of springboarding off of Easter here. And Easter, after Easter, we should never be the same. And so we're talking about those things because Christians, this is our purpose in life, is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And we can do that through many different ways. But here's the thing, and here's what we learned on week one. For many reasons, we don't. Uh, or we don't like we should, right? We, we talked about that. And one of the top reasons is this, we, we feel like we don't know what to say, all right? And Travis addressed that last week, and he taught us that even though we, we feel that pressure, you might not know exactly what to say, uh, it's, it's as simple as this, you know, you share your story, what Jesus did in your life to you, and you know, it might seem simple to you, but it's very powerful uh, to others when you share your story. And here's, here's the thing. Uh, your answer is always going to be right. <laughs> you know, you never have to worry about getting that wrong because it happened to you, right? And that's your story to share. Well, today we're going to be talking about another reason that we don't share the gospel, and it's this. We don't know that much about the Bible. Okay? Uh, we, don't, we don't know that much about the Bible. Maybe you're a relatively new believer, new Christian, and you're just sort of still learning and, and you don't know that much about it. Maybe you have read the Bible and attempted to study and you're confused by a lot of things. Maybe you look at it and you're like, I can't understand a, a sentence of this, right? Uh, maybe you've had people tell you that the Bible is wrong and that it's full of contradictions or Maybe you've had people try to trip you up, right? Like, uh, where did Cain get his wife? You know, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons type of thing? Uh, where are dinosaurs mentioned in the Bible? You know, I mean, if the ark was so big that two of every kind of animal could fit in it, how did the Israelites carry it around for 40 years in the desert? <laughs> Y'all had to think about that one, didn't you? See, y'all don't know the Bible, do you? Hey, look, um, I, understand, I understand that. This is a valid uh, response. Because none of us knows the Bible completely. None of us knows everything 
about God's word. And I understand how it can be intimidating and really how it could almost be easier just to step out, step away and just avoid it. Just avoid sharing God's, God's word. But here's, a, here's a, an important truth. And I want you to write this down. God has given us his word to change our world. God's given us his word to change our world. When you think about the Bible, we have it for a reason, right? We just didn't one day discover it, come across it. Oh, here's this amazing discovery. It was given to us with intention, with purpose to change the world. When we read the Bible, we are reading God's word. When we share the Bible, we are sharing God's word. Do you get that? We say God's word and sometimes we just, we don't even think about what we're saying. We are sharing God's proclamation when we share his word. Isn't that amazing? So you might say, well, is the Bible really that important? You know, there's some popular pastors sort of saying those things right now. Um, I've got some of their books in my office. And you might say, well, isn't our faith based on Jesus and not the Bible? I'd say, you know, you're right. You're right. It is based on Jesus. But how do you know about Jesus? Right? Somebody, somebody told me, oh, okay, well, that's good. What if people start saying different things about Jesus? Do you realize that that actually happened? Just about a hundred years after the resurrection, everybody started coming up with their own ideas, their own theories about who Jesus is. And that, so the early church leaders, thank God, came together and started forming creeds. Jesus is the Son of God. He is fully God. The Holy Spirit is real. We have those early creeds. And then we have the canon, the biblical canon of Scripture. It hasn't always been one, one Bible. It was a collection of books and letters. And so people started, oh, I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to write a letter too. And so the Bible is so important because it's been carefully put together. Do you understand that? To be included in the New Testament canon, you had to be an apostle of Jesus, a witness of Jesus. That's how important it is. How, how do you know about Jesus? How do you know about his works? How do you know about God? How do you know about sin? How do you know about salvation? It's in God's word. It's revealed to us in scripture. Look, our stories, our individual testimonies are unique, but so is the Bible. It's completely true. It's powerful and it never changes. Never. It's God's revelation written down for us. When Isaac goes to the grocery store and uh, I, I tell him what I need, you know, sometimes it works out and sometimes it don't. You know, so when I need more than maybe two things, I write it down. You know, uh, send him with a list. 
sometimes my words aren't enough. That's what I'm saying, you, you know. Uh, so by writing it down, I get what I want, and really it's better for him. He gets it. You know, I tell him, but then he also, oh, here's, it's written down. Oh, I remember now. You see how important that is? It's great. It's great when we give our story to others, when we give our testimony to others, but it's even better when we tell our story and combine it with God's word. It's even better. The Bible is God's written word, given, that's the key word, given. God gave his word to us. And God uses his word to change our world and to draw people to him. And I want to show you that. I want to show you that today. Uh, the apostle Paul was instructing a young pastor named Timothy. And Timothy was, and when I say young, probably mid-30s, okay? Still young, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Timothy was on fire for the Lord. That's what I want you to understand. He was strong in his faith, and Paul wanted to make sure that Timothy knew and understood the importance of God's word as he embarked on his ministry, okay? 2 Timothy 3.16, this is Paul writing to Timothy. I know it's 2 Timothy. Timothy didn't write it. It was a letter written to Timothy from Paul. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is god breathed that's why we call it god's word all scripture is god is god breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so all of scripture beginning to end is god's proclamation to this world and the bible is inspired it's breathed out breathed out by god and we have something useful we read right past that word sometimes. It's useful. So it doesn't make sense for us not to use it. You understand that? So it is okay not to know everything about the Bible. I want you, I want you to hear that from me this morning. You may not know it all. You may only know just a little bit. That's fine. That's okay. But you can share what you do know. You can. And you should. And you can learn as you grow. Okay, Paul learned. Jesus learned. He grew in wisdom and stature. Okay, there's a learning process for all of us. It's important and it's, it's too important and it's too useful for us not to share. So how do we go about doing that? How do we go about sharing the Bible with others? After my preparation this week, I realized I had about a two-hour sermon. And uh, I decided to keep it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I really, it was really hard for me, so I started cutting stuff. <laughs> you know, hurt me. Um, I cut things that I wanted to say, and what's left is what I need to tell you, okay? So I need you to listen, because it's real important. I have two things I really want to share with you today on how we can share the Bible with others. First one is be willing to share the Bible intentionally. Be willing to share the Bible intentionally. We have to be, be willing, first of all, and then we have to be intentional. 
Does that make sense? We have to be willing and intentional about sharing the Bible, especially with those around us all the time. Now, who am I talking about? Family. Kids. Right? Today is Mother's Day, and we celebrate motherhood. We think about the sacrifices that moms made, uh, the investments that mothers made in our lives. And one of the greatest investments that mothers, parents, or grandparents really can make is to share their faith and the Bible with their family. You understand that? One of the greatest things, one of the greatest investments you can make in the lives of those around you is to share God's word with them. I want to show you this thing in Timothy. Let's back up and see what led to Timothy's strong faith. 2 Timothy 1.5. And again, this is Paul here writing. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. So you see here the, the faith of Timothy's mother and grandmother had a major influence on Timothy's life. Well, how did that happen? How did Timothy grow up to be such a man of faith? Was it inherited? Since my grandmother is strong in the faith, since my mother is strong in the faith, it's by default I'm going to be strong in the faith. Did that just happen? No, it didn't. Let's look at a couple of verses right before 2 Timothy 3.16. You know the verse we all know, all scripture is God-breathed, but what we seldom read is the two verses right before it, and they are so important. Let's look at this, 2 Timothy 3.14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned learned you see he learned and have become convinced of because he learned he became convinced because you know those from who you learned it so timothy was taught well who is he taught by and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures So now we can make the connection between Timothy's mother and grandmother. Timothy's father was Greek. He was a Gentile, not a believer. How from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Listen up. Timothy did not become saved by accident. Timothy did not become a man of faith just by chance. It was through the intentional efforts of his mother and his grandmother to share their faith and God's word with him. Let me ask you this. Are we being intentional about sharing God's word and our faith with those around us? I know know we like being intentional with our family. I don't have to explain what that means. I know we value spending time with our family. We enjoy doing things with our kids, with our grandkids. And we we enjoy helping them do things to get better. We take them to practice. We help them with their homework. We invest in their lives. I, I, I know that. I understand all that. But are we willingly and intentionally taking that time to teach them about our faith in God's word? 
are we setting aside time to dive into God's word with them together? Here's something that's very critical. Those around us, our family, our children, our grandchildren, they need to hear the gospel too. Are we more concerned with our child's worldly success than we are with their eternal salvation? Are we more concerned with what they turn out to be rather than who they turn out to be? As Timothy learned, the scripture, the Bible, makes you wise for salvation. I hope you see that. What saves you? Faith in Jesus. Yes. But what can make you wise for salvation? God's word. If, if we are willing and intentional about sharing the Bible with others, with those around us, there's a good chance that they will come to know Jesus as their Savior. And there's a good chance that they will grow strong in the faith and go on to do great things for the Lord. So let's do that. We are to share the Bible intentionally, and that means we're proactive. We take initiative to do that. But what about those times that catch you off guard? We all know those. Those times where you get questions, maybe it's in a conversation, or maybe someone just comes up to you out of the blue, right, and starts talking to you about the Bible. What do you do then? Do you say, I don't go there? Sammy Kershaw, you may know him, country singer. He, he doesn't talk about three things, politics, religion, and her. So... y'all know country music or not that's country music what's on today is not but so you know you're at work or, or you're out somewhere and people start talking about the bible do you like what do you do you engage in that you should you know the next thing i want you to write this down this is only Point number two, and I've only got two, so stay with me. Be ready to share the Bible unexpectedly. So we do it intentionally, right? That's us being proactive, and, and we need to be ready to share it unexpectedly. People are curious. People have questions. Ever since the fall, people have a void that they're trying to fill, and they do it through many different ways, Okay? They're looking. They're searching. People have questions. So while he's working in your life, guess what? He's working in someone else's life too. God does that. He, he's working in me. He's working in you. He's working in others. And what he's doing is he's building the kingdom. He's building a family. He's pulling people to himself. So we need to be ready. We need to be proactive in sharing the Bible, but we also need to be reactive when those times come because while it might be unexpected to us it's not unexpected to God as a matter of fact he probably ordained the moment for us to step into that I want to show you that um, Acts chapter 8 this is after Jesus rose from the grave he ascended into heaven 
Christianity, the gospel, the good news starts spreading, and the, the early Christians start getting persecuted, and they scatter. And look at this, Acts 8, verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went, right? And Philip went down to a city in Samaria, and look at this, proclaimed the gospel there. Now, this isn't the disciple Philip. Uh, this, is a, this is a different Philip. He was originally chosen to serve as deacon, and the Lord started really using this Philip in, in, a, in an amazing way to proclaim the gospel. So he's proclaiming, and where is he proclaiming? Samaria. Now, lights should go off in our mind. You remember, we just talked about Acts 1-8, and... Uh, you know, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we're seeing this unfold right here. And Philip is in Samaria. Well, now guess what? Guess what God's plan is? The ends of the earth. Right? It's, it's spreading. It's time. God is ready for it to happen. So as he's proclaiming this, the gospel is expanding. Uh, Philip is off doing that, and now God's ready for something else. Look at this, Acts 8, 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake. Now, this guy is, is in charge of all the money of Ethiopia. Very important person, very wealthy, very prominent person. And this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Now, we just don't know if this guy was, you know, interested in the faith. We do know that Ethiopia had many different beliefs, and they just sort of, all right, it's it's let's worship this God, let's worship that God, let's go to this this festival in Jerusalem for Passover. They just tried a bunch of different things. We just don't know. But he was in Jerusalem, and he was on his way home, sitting in his chariot, look at this, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Now here was a very important person from Ethiopia who just happened to be reading the Bible on the side of the road. He was on his way home. Now, the sovereignty of God was at work here. Now, I want you to see that. Notice that God, through the Holy Spirit, told Philip to go to the chariot and nothing else. God didn't tell Philip what to expect, what to do next, but Philip was willing to obey God, and he was ready for what he would encounter next. Uh, Verse 30, then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. What an amazing and interesting exchange between these two. Notice that Philip didn't act aggressive. Notice he didn't say, oh, what translation are you reading? You know, is that the Isaiah 580 B.C. translation or the, you know, didn't do that. You know, he, he simply said, do you understand? 
you know, sometimes people ask me about Bible translations and which one do I use. I use about five or six. But my favorite one is the one I understand. Right? Why is that so important? Again, what is it called? God's word. What does that mean? God is talking. What does that mean? I need to understand what God's saying. You get me? Do you understand? That is the most important question when it comes to reading the Bible. I just want to say this. We just finished an Awana season. And so I'm so thankful for leaders, volunteers, and I'm thankful for parents that have invested in their kids. Thank you so much. Um, I just want to say this, and it's really encouragement, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way. All right. The purpose of reading the Bible isn't to finish a book. The purpose of reading the Bible is not to get a badge or go on a trip. The purpose of reading the Bible is so we can understand what God's saying. Thank you so much for what you do, but let's always remember that that is the goal. If we need to take time with a child when they're memorizing a verse and look them in the eye and say, do you understand? That is the most important thing that we can do for that child. Not not memorize 50 verses in a week just to get it done. That's not the way God's word is to be used. It's to be understood. Otherwise, it does no good. Look at look what this guy said. How can I unless someone explains it to me? Yeah, sometimes people need someone else to help them understand what the Bible's saying. This will scare you to death. Sometimes you have the answer to someone's question. Right? Well, what was this guy reading? Let's look at it. Acts 8, verse 32. This is the passage of Scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? It's marvelous the way that God was working here. Jesus had just been killed. He had just been resurrected probably just a couple months before this. And the eunuch was reading an Old Testament prophecy about the gospel. Just happened to be reading it. You know? And and so God was working in the heart of the eunuch. And he was doing it through what? His word. Do you see that? Nobody had talked to this guy yet. God was bringing someone into himself, and it was through his word. His heart was yearning. It was burning as he was reading. We see this in Scripture through the two on the road to Emmaus, those two guys. And as they were reading God's word, their hearts were burning as they read Scripture. Acts eight thirty four. the eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began, look at this, I want you to see this, okay? Then Philip began with that very passage and told him the good news about Jesus you see this is amazing Philip interconnected scripture and his own testimony New Testament hadn't been written yet all right 
Philip interconnected scripture and proclamation to share the gospel with this guy. That's what I want you to see. That's the power of your word and God's word together. Very powerful. God was working in the lives of the eunuch and Philip at the same time, and he brought them together. What joined these two guys together? God's word. God's word did that. And the Ethiopian eunuch became a Christian right there. And it's all because Philip was willing and he was ready to share the Bible unexpectedly. You see. Now after this, the Ethiopian asked Philip if he could be baptized. And what is baptism? Proclamation of faith. So immediately we see that this was real to this guy. He wanted to make an immediate proclamation. He wanted to make his faith public. And, and I want you to listen to this. Almost all the scholars, almost all the uh, theologians believe that this guy was the first African convert to Christianity. Where was he going? On his way home to Ethiopia. And, and even today, Ethiopia has a thriving Christian community. And it can be traced back to this moment. God can do amazing things when we are ready to share his word with someone else who's ready to listen. This is how God works, folks. He, do, he does it all the time. All the time. It may not happen in your life every day, but when it does happen, will you be willing? Will you be ready? Will you be courageous in sharing God's word with others? Will you take part in sharing his proclamation to the world? If we do this by proclaiming his word, God can do things in us and through us beyond anything that we can imagine. All for his glory. Amen? You know, God has given us his word to change our world. Do we believe that? Do we believe his word can change us? Do we believe his word can change our family, our sons, our daughters, our husbands, our wives, our parents, our grandchildren, our community? It can. And let's start acting like it can. Let's start making something, let's start using something that's very useful. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. What a, what a powerful message. What a convicting message. But Lord, I truly believe that this message is from you this morning. And may we see your word as just that. Your word. From you. To us. For a purpose. Not just empty talk. But Father, you've given us your word to change this world. And so may we do that, beginning with us. May we devote ourselves to reading and studying and praying and meditating on your word. And, and reading it and praying and maybe asking others in, in those moments, in those times where we don't understand. Help us to be willing to be intentional about sharing your word with those in our homes those that you have entrusted in our care. Help us to use 
your word to change lives around us, but also help us to be willing and, and ready to share your word during those moments where we, we don't expect to. Those moments that you sovereignly orchestrate and you bring people in our paths for a reason. Help us not to shy away or avoid those situations, but help us to boldly step into that. And that's what you've called us to do. Through that, you bring people to yourselves and to yourself and you change lives through that. We're so thankful for the grace you've given us. It's too amazing for us to keep to ourselves. In the name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen.